You like studying languages, Spencer? I wouldn't know. Well, maybe you should remedy that. Why? I don't know. I have, an, I have a hard enough time with the language that I've been trying to speak since I was born. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't mastered this one yet to move on to another one. Fair enough. I just bring it up because I thought, what was I reading? Hustler. Actually, it was a podcast I was listening to. There, uh, just happened to bring it up. It was a poetry podcast. I'm not going to go into poetry. As you know, I peruse and do some studying of the Irish language, which is very hard. But I found why I think so many great authors have come from Ireland, because their language, the way they speak, is just so much better than us. Uh, For instance, if you're sad, you just say in English, I'm sad, or I am sad. That has, that's that's nothing. That's that's garbage. If you are, you know, speaking Irish, you'd say, ta bron orum, which means there is sadness upon me. Doesn't that just sound so much cooler? That's almost like something, something's happening to you. It's not just, oh, I feel sad today. It's like the sadness is just enveloping you and it's just suffocating you. And it just makes depression so much cooler sounding, in my opinion. I guess, I mean, the... um, It's not as literal. Yeah, um, it sounds cool speaking, like, you know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying in a literature going by a writing standard, you know, if you're reading literature and somebody says there is sadness upon me, that's just so much more poetic than just saying, I'm sad. I'm, I'm mad. I'm glad. Like I like the fine language. I like the turns of phrases and things. And Irish is full of that. Uh, Spanish is a little different. Like if, if, like if you're hungry in Spanish, it's I have hunger is kind of like the would be the direct translation. It's like oh, so you have hunger. Like it's just weird. It's not that, that's not as cool. Uh, and there's a lot of things like that. Like I think if you're cold, it'd be like I have cold. Not, you know, I am cold, which is weird because they have the word I'm, like a stoy or uh. Now, what about if it was cold like a like a sickness? There's, that's, that's a is different. Is it the same or is it, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's different. Um, It's like infirma or something if you're sick, I think. Yeah, because cold's frio. So if I'm cold, I guess it'd be uh, tango frio or something. I have cold. It's not as, it's not as poetic in the latin-speaking languages but spanish is unique in its own right but i think irish is just uh, really cool and japan is like i don't it just doesn't from what i've studied it just doesn't seem to translate in a way that i would understand quite yet because i can't read kanji at all i always think about uh translators and like how much work that would have to take and that gets me thinking of like the first people to translate imagine what that was like like, imagine, like, the first, like, you know, Japanese and English, like, you know, people trying to figure out what the fuck they were saying. Or the people who, like, translated the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, like, it's... Because like, it was multiple languages. Was, yeah, I don't know. That's... It's, well, I mean, language to begin with, like, there's different regions, and people just mixed and mingled and just kind of learned the hard way how to speak each other's languages for trade and whatnot. Yeah, just, like, like, I really like Japanese, but I just... Translated to English, it just doesn't sound very cool. Because like their grammar's kind of backwards, so it just doesn't seem like it translate uh like translates in a cool way. But if you like like what we always talk about when we're reading these Japanese novels, the original Japanese probably has so much different meaning than like what the English versions do. I'd be so interested to be able to read Japanese and understand. But that's like the barrier I can't seem to get over is how do you understand? Because even like the Irish example, I have sadness upon me. You know, Tabron Orum, when I read that, I'm just thinking I'm sad still. Yeah. Like in my stupid English brain, I just, that's, I'm sad. So I never think, you know, there's sadness upon me, but that's what it actually translates to. So I feel it would take a lot more effort 
and a lot more years of study to learn the proper way to translate it than the and I feel like you just have to probably be born bilingual like have you know parents that speak both languages to really get it there are freaks out there who can you know polygots who could just speak all kinds of languages but i'm not one of them um like you as a youngster i was happy that i could even speak (laughs) english and until my 20s i was speaking a lot of english improperly oh yeah um as we do often on this podcast me talk wells me talk goods yeah like the whole uh I don't know nothing. Like <laughs> that's when I still catch myself every once in a while throwing that nothing in there. Like no, anything. It's always anything. It's not. I don't. I don't know anything. Not. I don't know nothing. Well, what about if I don't know no no nothings? Nothings. No, I like how you had the s on there too. The nothings. I'm always adding s's and things onto stuff when they shouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fine. Just fuck it all up. If you're gonna fuck it up, fuck it up <laughs> yeah. all the way. Be as bad as you can. Then people will think you're special, and then they won't feel, you know, they're not going to make fun of you if you think you're special. But if they just think you're dumb, that's a, that's a different topic at hand. So today, this is the New Year's edition, I guess, right? So I uh, got a couple topics. topics. I, th- I think we always talk about, you know, the books and mm. New Year's resolutions and all that shit. All that happy horse shit. So, folks, if you want to stick around and hear Spencer and I discuss... Not fine literature today, just... Well, some of it's fine. I've read you, some fine literature yeah, this year. Yeah. You you probably did. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. We'll find out. Yeah. After these messages from... Um, oh, um, uh, the, 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 uh, the nut shaver guys. You gotta fucking stop. Manscaped! <laughs> Do you wanna... Sh- no, but man, I just remember getting in trouble a long time ago when someone listened to our episode and they were super Christian, and... <laughs> the very first thing out of my mouth was about shaving balls <laughs> on the cold open. And the guy, he's like real nice about it, but he messaged me on Twitter. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I would love to listen to your podcast, but, you know, not, I can't. He gave me the explanation. I was like, ah, sorry. I guess I should have warned you that it's not a, like a fine literature podcast yeah. or a fine writing podcast. Nothing fine about it. Uh, mediocre. I, mediocre. But. We could talk about manscaping if we were. Uh, is it manscape? Is that what the, the product? I think that's one of them. I think there's a couple of them now. Yeah, uh, there's way too many ball shaving ads <laughs> on my YouTube <laughs> right? for something I'm not buying. <laughs> I'll stick to my rusty fucking shears, my rusty garden shears. Thank you. I just been using that stuff that the like the the foam stuff that ladies spray like on their legs and it just wipes it off. That's just what I've been using down there. Ooh, just chemical burns. Yeah. I've actually just resorted to like indigenous Americans just pulling the hairs out <laughs> one by one. I find the pain is kind of pleasurable after a while because, you know, it really dulls the nerves. Thank you for choosing the Drunken Penwriting Podcast as your podcast listening experience. Man, I I botched that. I didn't know what to follow up with. I don't even know why I started that way. I never start that way. Nope. What a fucking stupid... You know what? I don't care. We got a couple episodes for our 100th when we decide to get professional. Oh, that's when we're going to decide to get professional? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. We could discuss it at the end of the episode. I got big plans for the show. Maybe even canceling the show. I haven't decided that part yet. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today is Spencer... The Quebec and Quarantine Quipper Church. You're throwing quips out in quarantine in Quebec. Hmm. I'm sure. I, I wanted a bunch of cues, and it's very hard to come up with cues. Yeah. If you asked me five minutes ago if quarantine started with the cue, I'd only be like 80% certain <laughs> it did. <laughs> like, some part of me would be like, 
Nah, it's got to be a C, right? As we as <laughs> we mentioned in the code open, haven't quite mastered the language yet. <laughs> no, not at all. So we're going to speed through this first part because it's probably going to take long. You want me to go first? You want to go first? You can go first. All right. You read more than I did, so. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? We'll start off. What was your reading goal for the year? Mine, I set a very modest um, 12 books. You know, figure, you know, at least one, you know, one a month. Something that didn't, you know, something attainable, which I was able to meet and exceed. I made it up to, I think, like 14, so. That's pretty good. That's about what I did. Not the number of books, but the over. Uh, My goal for the year was 40 books. I read 43 books. But there is a little bit of a caveat here is because you didn't mark any graphic novels down, right? Yeah, no, I didn't do like any. I I just marked down some graphic novels. And if they were like really long, short, like the Candyman story, the Forbidden was pretty long. So I think I have that. So some of the, you know, the number kind of fluctuates, but I just mainly keep track and it just says it's books regardless. So we'll find out if, you know, all these are books. But for the most part, I think they're they're pretty good to start off my uh, reading journey for the year. I actually was into some mangas, which is a interesting choice for me because I like it. this was the year of the manga for Caleb. If you notice, I read quite a few this year. I read a good amount of manga today, this year too. Excellent, excellent. Because we are moving up from the comic book world to the manga world because we are high society now. Actually, that's like a lateral move. If anything, it's not necessarily. But some of it could be a bump up. But most of it probably not. Not what I'm reading now. Well, I think what I was reading was a, a little bit of a bump up from comics. Which is not really, because I, you know what, I'm going to get into it, because I'm going to keep rambling. I opened the year with H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountain of Madness, the manga version by uh, Gao Tanabe. And th- that's two volumes. I read volume one and volume two. They're both pretty long. And it was a good rendition of At the Mountains of Madness, because if you read that story, it's kind of hard to understand what's happening a yes. lot of the times. Yes. Visual helps big time. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I read The Slaughterhouse Five, The Children's Crusade. Graphic novel yes, yes, by yes. Ryan North and obviously Kurt Vonnegut was the original author of Slaughterhouse-Five, which I read, I think, last year or the year before. So that was a very good one. Uh, then I would recommend that to everybody as well. Again, seeing the visual of the novel was really, really cool. Um, I've been reading, I read a lot of graphic novels that were based on classic literature this year. Too. A lot of adaptations. At least a few. Then we move on to Uzumaki by Junji Ito. Fucking weird. That's a Spirals. Everything's a spiral. It's a fucking weird... I mean, it's one of his most famous works. Most people know it. Even if they don't know it, if they saw, like, an image from it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what that weird shit is. So that was very good. It seems like one of those things that are, like, um, uh, influence, like, other creators. Yeah. So, like, even if you might have not even seen their stuff, like you were saying, you've probably seen something that was inspired by it. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of tattoo artists as well. Now we're moving on to the dog shit of the year. Mm-hmm. The Consumer by Michael Gira. This book's not even in print. I had to get a bootleg PDF, which was already hard to read because it was all fucked up. One of the most, I didn't even finish the book. One of the most disgusting books for the sake of discussing. I'm not going to get into it on here because then I'm just going to want to fucking get angry. Awful. I would not recommend. Worse than Haunted? Yes. Haunted That's... I was able to finish. No, this one had like... Uh, Let's just say some things with kids that was very uh. disturbing, and it, a lot of it was just gross for the sake of gross, but then also perverse for the sake of being perverse. I don't know what the fuck the point of this book was, but it was awful. And then we both read Casino Royale yes, uh, by Ian Fleming. Uh, that was good. That was a good foray into the James Bond, you know, his first book. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. 
was actually thinking about uh, maybe in the beginning of the year, maybe downloading the second one just to see yeah, see yeah. what that's like. I'm reading more James Bond when there's other things you should be reading, huh? Well, it's, James Bond takes a couple of days. Yeah, I know. Uh, then I moved on to another manga, the Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service by Eiji Otsuka and uh, Hatsui Yamazaki. It was okay. It was a fun read. It's about um very weird. It's just about people that kind of have powers and they run a corpse delivery service. They could talk to dead, like one guy could talk to dead people. Another one talks to an alien. Hard to explain, but it's a fun premise. And I, you know, just for like a mid-tier horror comedy manga, fun to read. Then I went to the Traveling Cat Chronicles. This was a suggestion in the Classic Lit group. It's a very fun story by Hiro Adekawa. And it was uh, Philip Gabriel, who does a lot of Haruki Murakami's translations, his newer translations, translated this. Very upbeat. It's about a guy who goes on an adventure with a stray cat he found. He goes across Japan. Super depressing ending. But a uh, very good book overall. If you want an upbeat, happy story that'll make you cry happy tears at the end, that's the book to read. It was a good palate cleanser from a lot of the horror and some of the things I was reading. Uh, then I read the Hemingway stories by Ernest Hemingway and uh, I guess edited by Tobias Wolf. That was uh, the PBS collection. Uh, we read the documentary. I read the short story collection first. Really good. Uh, highly recommend that if you're a Hemingway fan. Even if you're not a Hemingway fan, some of those stories were still really good. Then we read uh, Neon. No, you didn't read this either because you're fucking been slacking. Neon Druid, an anthology of urban Celtic mythology. Uh, it's cut off, so I might be making that last part up. <laughs> but it's a Celtic mythology collection by I.E. Neverday, who is the editor. I spoke to him on Twitter. This is when we I bought a bunch of... Uh, we bought a bunch of indie, indie uh, authors' uh, books. And then it's got Madison McSweeney, and the rest of the names are cut off here, but it's an anthology, so. Fun read. I would say a little more than half the stories I really, you know, was enjoying. I gave it three out of five stars because, like shots, I said. Shots. Shots. Well, stars on Goodreads. Oh, well. It's a Goodreads. I would say it's worth the read. I think a lot of people, because the stories I didn't like were like the fairy Super fantasy stories. So it was that's not my wheelhouse. So, so I, it wasn't more like you didn't like them because they weren't good stories. They just it was just the genre of story. Yeah, it's just the yeah you don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, because like those ones weren't even really urban fantasy. They were just fantasy. Then I read Elric of Melnibene and other stories by Michael Moorcock, and there was a Ford and like fifteen introductions by Alan Moore. The collection, whatever this version was, was garbage. But the actual novel, which is I wanted to read, in it. That's very good. So I gave the novel five out of five stars. If I could go back, I would take all the stars off of this collection because I did not like the collection. Because hmm. uh, it was just a bunch of random shit. And then I just wanted the novel, which didn't need to be all that extra stuff. Uh, then I read South of the Border, West of the Sun by Haruki Mirakami. I don't know why I always give him the Spanish R. <laughs> it's one of the few names I could do the rolling R with, and it's Haruki Mirakami, a Japanese man. Uh, and that was uh, translated by F uh, Philip Gabriel. Did not like that book. No? No, that was one of the few Haruki Mirakami books I would not recommend people read. I did not care for it. Just kind of very generic. Can't all be winners. Next up, The Decay of the Angel by Yukio Mishima. And it took me a while to get through this because it was uh, that was the final book of the tetralogy, the Sea of Fertility tetralogy I was reading. Very heavy Buddhist philosophy in this one. And uh, the one before, too, was pretty heavy. But I'd recommend, you know, if you're going to read Yukio Mishima, there's a couple titles I'd recommend before going into that tetralogy. But I really like his writing style, and I, I did enjoy those. Uh, next up is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Come on. It's The Gay Man. Gay Man. Gay Man is, I haven't read anything of his I haven't liked yet. Uh, five out of five stars for me. It's just a reimagining of The Jungle Book, but in a graveyard. Awesome, fun story. Highly recommend. Then I read The Cycle of the Werewolf by Stephen King and uh, the art by Bernie Wrightson. I'm a big Bernie Wrightson guy. You're a big Stephen King guy. Well, I gave it three out of five. It, 
It wasn't very big. No. I think your average, you know, I'm not a werewolf fan either, so yeah, I thought it was okay. Then I read the Batman Lobo series by Alan Grant. I guess it was like a one-off graphic novel, maybe. I don't know. Probably like a miniseries or something. Yeah, it was, it was fun enough. Then we read First Person Singular by Haruki Murakami and edited by Philip Gabriel. We, we have a whole series on that, so if you folks want our interpretation of that, you could just check it out, uh, Murakami Minute, the first season, which kind of hard to split them up, but it was okay. Again, same as my rating for uh, that other Haruki Murakami book. I just said three stars. I didn't really think it was that great. Uh, then I read Death Republic by Ila Kaminsky. That is a poetry story collection, I guess. Um, I don't know how you define that, but it's one of the only poetry books I've really bought recently. I, I mean, I have like a Langston Hughes one, but this one's like a kind of a narrative. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good. I read The Savage Tales of Solomon Cain by Robert E. Howard. That's just all the stories of Solomon Cain. Excellent. You need to read that sometime. Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, very good. I read Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. I like the movie. I like the book. I would say I like you the book. You can't like both, Caleb. I like the book. Maybe It's hard to say because the book really fills out what the movie doesn't have, all the backstory and stuff, but the ending is different. Mm. It doesn't have that awesome ending that the movie has. So even, I would say it's just even, Steve, and I like both evenly. Uh, Life for Sale by Yukio Mishima. Uh, this one was translated by Stephen Dodd. This was a real fun story because I never say that about Yukio Mishima books. Because it was the only one I've read of his that was like a Haruki Murakami book or something. Like, it was just like ridiculous kind of. Like, this guy just decides to put his life for sale. So people just keep coming to, you know, they give him money and he's like, all right, I'll do whatever you want. I die, I die. And he never ends up dying. Like, it's just all this horrible shit keeps happening. And it's like kind of like a crime noir, too. It's really fun. I wish he would have wrote. He might have. I don't know. I haven't seen any books of his that were quite like that before. Uh, other than that. I read Graveyard Clay, also known as Crane Achille, that's the Irish name, uh, by Martino Cayen. I really like that book. The whole book is just dialogue from people that are in a graveyard, buried, just dead bodies in the graveyard. Really, really weird. Very hard to read at first. It takes a while to get used to the writing style, and you just not, because it's just everybody's talking. That's all it is. There's not one part of narration, plot, anything. Uh, very weird. Then I read The Dregs of the Day, also by Martino Kine. This was a uh, Alan Titley translation. Kind of a depressing read. A uh, guy loses his wife. Like, his wife dies at home, and he just can't face it, so he just walks around town doing random shit. Kind of a weird story. Oh, God. I you don't even know this one. When we went to Detroit, not Detroit, Ann Arbor this year. Yeah. I picked up that Parallel by Jason Douglas. It was one of the comic series I bought. And oh, I read, remember, I read the whole series. In yeah. The, like five issues or something. I read them all while sitting there. I, I, I gave it three stars. I couldn't tell you what it was about. <laughs> I read At Night All Blood is Black by David Yop and I guess translated by Anna Moshkovich. Moshkovich? Moshkovakets? I don't know. Uh, some Russian name. I got that when we were also in Ann Arbor. We went to the bookstore. That was, a, that was an interesting read. I think it won like the Booker Prize or something. Because I, I think that was like the only reason why you got it. Yeah. Very depressing, very kind of, it was like repetitive, it was a really good book, but it was kind of repetitive, and it was one of those ones like I liked, but I wouldn't read again. Uh, then I read, uh, you bought this for me, I believe, the Hunter S. Thompson Fear and Loathing graphic novel, Yep, done by Troy Little. Excellent. Another one, really, really fun read, because it's the visual representation of the novel, which I also love the novel. Then I read Everything's Eventual by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. I'm trying to think of some of the short stories that were in that, that were, like, riding the bullet. Was, was it the man on the, in the black jacket, or, um, 
Man in the Black Suit. Wasn't that where that <clears throat> one's from? Yeah, Man in the Black Suit. Because I know you read that before ever reading the collection, right? Yeah. But I couldn't remember if that's what, what collection it was actually in. I think there's only two or three stories in that collection that I didn't really care for. Then I read The Great Gatsby, a graphic novel by K. Woodman Maynard. Really good. Uh, very cool way they do the metaphors and stuff in this because they show it literally as in in the art. And then we both like this one based on a true story by Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Believe it or not, folks, if you are a fan of Mark Twain or Dostoyevsky, and would wonder what it would be like if those two combined their writing styles. Norm MacDonald, of all people. Right. Uh, very fun book. Uh, then I read Revival by Stephen King. That was a five out of five read. I really liked that book. Uh, I read The Forbidden by Clyde Barker. Very disappointed. Not what I thought it was going to be. One, I didn't know the original Candyman, which is what the story's based, you know, what the story is, was set in a, a UK project with just a bunch of poor white people. Mm. So, yeah, okay. This is where things start to pick up. I read The Hobbit, or There and Back Again by J.R.R. Tolkien, and that sent me down. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth, you whore. That sent me down a whole different road of life. I'm gonna say yeah. You should go back to see if you uh um back to Neo and Druid and see if you like any of those uh, uh fantasy yeah stories. Now it's not the same, not the same. And then next up, I got oh, I read Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. And then after that, I read The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. That was really good, and I'm actually I just started uh, the third book, the uh, the two towers, and uh, I'm only like a chapter in. But so far, I'm already seeing that it might be going downhill. You know why I say that? Because apparently, the two towers is all the characters after they split up. You get to see like all of them what they're doing, and it's not a fellowship anymore. So I don't know if I like that or not. Isn't isn't this like the longest of the? No, it's the shortest. I think. Oh, is it the shortest? Yeah. Then I read Plunge by Joe Hill. That was a fun read. I read Basketful of Heads by Joe Hill. Also Bo- a fun read. Both graphic novels. Both graphic novels. Um, yeah, because Joe Hill's a novelist, too, so I guess it's good to clarify. So I highly recommend people checking those out if you like uh, horror slash comedy, because they're both, especially the one, uh, Basketful of Heads is really funny. Or if you're a fan of his, just his novels, and you haven't yeah. read any of his comic books, you know, those are those would be good ones, because they're just singular, one-off, like, you know, miniseries. Right, yeah, so quick reads, too. Uh, then I read, and I surprisingly did not care for this that much, which is very disappointing because uh, it's very fucking big. It's like 800-something pages. Tomie by Junji Ito. Oh, man. I, I mean, this was like what got him famous, I'm pretty sure. And it just didn't quite hit. It's just about a really beautiful girl that makes people crazy, like guys crazy and they kill her. And she just keeps coming back and she's like evil but not evil. I don't know. Uh, it just wasn't not my cup of tea. You made me read this. You fucking guy over here made me read this. Hmm. Dragon Ball, that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And it's the greatest thing you've ever read. Yeah, and this is by Dragon Arrow Lee. It's probably a pen name, I don't know. I would imagine the name's not Dragon Arrow. And obviously the original creator, Akita Todiyama, if you will. And uh, did not like it. It had promise, too. It started off, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to make Yamcha cool. They're going to like make Yamcha, like because the guy gets reincarnated, he gets like killed. Uh, quotation, you know, quote unquote, he gets killed and then he comes back in the Dragon Ball universe as Yamcha right at the start of like the Saiyan saga. So it's like, oh, he he knows what's going to happen, though. So he's like, ah, I'm great. I know all this history. I'm going to train real hard. I can make Yamcha a badass. But then it just ends up like the same way. It was like, what the fuck? Like, make him the 
if I was like the, you know, if I was writing that, I'd make Yamcha, you know, uh, he might not be able to become as powerful as Goku, but since he knows what's going to happen, he could do some cool shit. Yeah. But he just kind of gets reserved. Like, well, I'm never going to win Balma anyway, so I'm just going to let Vegeta have her. And it's like, fucking nerd. I, I didn't, I didn't care. I gave it two stars and that was being generous. Just didn't want to hurt your feelings. I fucking hated it. I didn't hate it. I just, I, it took five minutes to read anyway. Uh, then next up, I read the graphic novel version of I Am A Cat by Chiroru Kobada. And uh, the original, which is one of my favorite novels, is by Natsume Sozeki. Or I guess you would call him Sozeki Natsume, uh, going by the title here. But Natsume Sozeki, that's the classic rendition of how you say Japanese names, which is backwards. Which I don't know if they still do as much. Because then it'd be like Mirakami Haruki, right? If you did yeah. the... I don't... I, I, that, that's one thing that still confuses the fuck out of me. I just don't understand why. But uh, it's a really good one. Um, I only gave it three out of five stars because there was typos. Uh, it's a manga, but there was typos. It's like eh. translation wasn't that good, I guess. But it was just fun seeing like the, that that novel because it's a pretty dense novel. Seeing that in manga form uh, shortened up. And then I recently read Gutter in the Grave by Kurt Cannon. Is I know it's by Ed McBain, but it says Kurt Cannon and Ed McBain. But I know Ed McBain's a pen name, so is that guy's name? Yeah, he's a bunch of fucking. I didn't really look into him, and Ashley's going to be mad if he's listening to this because he knows all about this guy, apparently. But Gutter in the Grave by Ed McBain. Fun crime noir. I really, really enjoyed it. You need to read it because it doesn't take very long. Um, and now I'm going to go down those uh, hard case crime uh, publishing book collection, selection, words, I say. Uh, then after that, I read, uh, we both read The Elephant Vanishes by Haruki Murakami. And the main translators in that were Alfred Birnbaum and Jay Rubin. And yeah, I think they were the only two, weren't they? It says John Chan something. I can't read uh, the final name. Uh, it cuts off here, but I don't remember him in it. Maybe he did the four. I don't remember. But uh, solid collection. Some fun stories in there. And then uh, I read this just the other day because everyone keeps telling me I have to read it because it's one of the best. So I finally read it. The Stranger by Albert Camus. Uh, this was the Matthew Ward translation, which... Changes the whole tone of the book because in the original, it starts off with Mother Died Today. Uh, that was the English translation. But he made it Momon Died Today, uh, which would be closer to like Mom or Mommy Died Today. Which that The reason why that's such a um, controversial topic is because it shows his closeness with his mother. Because in the book, like he pretty much gets condemned to death. He kills a guy, but he gets condemned to death because he doesn't show affection towards his mother. When I read this book, I was like, this protagonist has Asperger's, like, clearly. Like, when you read the description of this guy, and then when I looked it up, I was like, I type, just type in The Stranger and Asperger's. Apparently, that was, like, a hot point of contention was that was the first depiction in any fiction of a guy with Asperger's. Huh. And how, how old is the book? 1942. So, probably even had no idea that that... Camus uh, based the protagonist on a friend of his who was kind of odd guy, mm. and I guess people looked into it, and it seems like that guy probably had Asperger's. But nobody knew, you know, yeah, that wasn't a thing back then. Now, Spencer, good sir, I'm going to ask you something before we get into your list, because oh. that, that was the end of my list. All right. That book was on our short, we just did last episode, the short novels or whatever, the short book collection. Mm -hmm. uh, books under 200 words, or 200 pages. Fuck, you can't talk today! Books under 200 pages. And do you care to stoke your ego a bit? Do you care? I mean, in front of everybody to, here? To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Would you like to smell your own farts for a change? In a good way. I mean, it depends on probably what I'm eating. In a fine snifter glass. <laughs> if you read The Stranger 
Not only have you read what is considered one of the finest pieces of literature ever written, apparently, that's what people say, I thought it was a really good book, you would read something that Ashley has not gotten to yet. Because oh. I just talked to him the other day about it, because I showed him a picture, I got it, and he's like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to read that, but he's not read it, so if you hurry up and read it, oh, yeah. you could fucking rub it in his face that you read Camus, and he has not read The Stranger. Mm. Also, very easy read, kind of reminds me almost like a Hemingway. Uh, you'd fly right through it. Like I read it, I read it over the period of a couple days in like fifteen, twenty minute increments. Yeah. So maybe an hour. Like I said, it's only like a hundred and what twenty three pages or something. But now, would you say should I should I try like track like the version that you have, or should I try? You to just get borrow that? my book if you want. But I don't know what do should I the other version like you know? I would just... say my version's good because, like I said, with the tone and st- I don't think it's gonna really matter. The main thing is just about nihilism. And we both kind of agree that's a stupid, you know, philosophy. It's like, oh, everything is meaningless. That's pretty much the whole meaning of the book because he was, you know, Camus was a French philosopher, uh, so everything was depressing. If you just read it for the story, like, you'll get the fucking point of it. It's well, not, yeah. I it's just, not complicated. I would, I would just borrow my copy. Read it in a day. Read it over the weekend, over Christmas time. This is a perfect time to read something like that. <laughs> and then uh, you'll be happy. So you want to get into your list, sir? Okay. And uh, Spencer did not put his on Goodreads, so he cannot find you dates or yeah. word counts or anything like no, that. No, 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 I can't. Page counts, anything like um, that. Um, so the first, uh, the first one, I I didn't start this year, but I finished. It was like one of those ones that was like you know that stuck counts it. because I'm pretty sure that at the mount- mountains of madness, I started the previous yeah. year and finished in January. Um, so uh, that was uh the Sleeping Beauties, which you've been reading for six years, years. now. Apparently, yeah, yeah, that took forever. That took a while. Well, we talked about this, but your official rating was low on that. Yeah. And like I said, I did a fucked up. I got like 200 pages in it, stopped so we could read a whole bunch of stuff for the website. It's came not like back. I had to pull your leg to stop yeah. reading that book. Well, we talked about it multiple times on the, you know, on the, uh, on these old episodes and stuff like that. So if you really want to know, you can go download some of our old episodes. Yeah. And then I went with uh, Time Machine. H.G. Wells. Good, H.G. Good Wells. Um, that was your first foray into the Wells. This was my first, yeah, my first travel with uh with Mr. Wells. Though I probably liked this one the least out of the Wells books that I read, which is weird because like I'm a big fan of the like time travel in general. Well, I didn't listen to the Time Machine, or I mean, I didn't read the Time Machine. I ended up listening to it on that fictional podcast. Yeah. I think it was that podcast, or it was either that or another podcast. I was reading it. And I just kind of was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. I just didn't, it did not jive with me. And the, his writing style for that, for that novel was very weird because it was like, again, it was all like written in like a note, but like none of the characters had names. He was the time traveler and he had people to come over to show his time machine to. And one was like the professor and like the, just the, generic. Titles. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was no name. And it was, it was just written weird. And like. It was not what I, uh, again, as I soon to find out when I started reading these H.G. Wells books, what I thought the story was or might be was nothing, no. nowhere near near it at all. Like, he gets stuck in the future and stuff like that. It, it, I mean, I would say it's, it, it's not a long one. I mean, if you're going to read his things, I would say not. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say not, not read. Like, you know, read it, but maybe not read it first if that's what you're trying to, you know, get, yeah. you know, get into his stuff. Casino Royale. As you know, as we talked about previously, uh, with all of its nut-smashing glory. We did an episode on that, right? 
Yes. That was yeah. a book of the month or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you guys could just listen to that and find out all about it. Slaughterhouse Five, the graphic novel and the actual novel. Which one did you read first? The novel? The novel first. Did you read those back to back? I don't remember. They were very close together. Mm-hmm. Very close together. <laughs> if not Probably back not to the back. best way to yeah. go into reading those. Love the book. It was, you know, I mean, the graphic novel was great, too. I actually gave that book to you to read, like, three years ago, I think, or two years ago, and you didn't read it when I gave it to you, and then you ended up borrowing it again. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just really enjoyed it. Um, Definitely want to read more Vonnegut. You know, here th- this year coming up, Um, I really want to see what else that he, what else he can d- uh, do. I think we were talking about that book I got, uh, what was the name of, something, Titan. I can't remember mm. the name of it, but that one was like short. Yeah. Or maybe Cat. I would like to do Cat's Cradle personally. Mm. If we're going to read a Vonnegut next. No More Tales to Tell. This is one of the um the indie authors that that we that we bought. It was it was basically like it was a collection of short stories. I think they were all from the the same person, but they were framed in a way of like these people were in a room together telling like stories Think of like messed up or like things that they did and stuff like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, I only read like maybe half. It wasn't a big book either. Yeah. I only got through half of it. And I just I ended up reading something else. Yeah, it, 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 it was all right. Neverwhere, no, another new gaming book. Really great. You need to check this one out. Getting not a big read. Um, we'll you do know. the gaming swap. You get yeah. graveyard book. I'll get that. But really fun and just as you were saying like having read a new gaming thing that i haven't that i haven't enjoyed doesn't matter the genre or the medium mm. but it was really it was really fun i enjoyed that the first person uh singular invisible man hg wells hg wells invisible man this one i i really enjoyed it had more of like a thriller and as i begin to read more H.G. Wells, like, yes, he's a science uh, fiction writer, but at least in the, in the stories that I read this year, there's a good bit of horror, at, like, aspects. Well, Visible Man's always been interpreted as a horror character. Yeah, um, because he's going around when people are trying to figure out, you know, uh, about him, and he's going around doing devious things and even hurting and murdering people and stuff like that. Strangely, out of all of, like, the Invisible Man, like, adaptations and things and stuff that I read, one of the closest ones that I feel to the actual book, kind of, is, um, what was the Bacon one? Oh, the oh. Kevin Bacon movie? Yeah. Um, wasn't Invisible Man, was it? No, I don't think so. Fuck, I can't remember the name. That was a good movie. Yeah, uh, and the reason I say that is because, like, with the um, when he goes invisible, it that mental uh toll, like how it starts messing with you. You know, you're not seeing yourself. You don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to walk around naked all the time if you don't want to be like. You know what I mean? With your like, slots hanging like, out. Both of both of those versions did a a good job of like playing up on that mental uh aspect of it and stuff like that. I didn't like the new Invisible Man movie I saw. With, uh, what's her name? Something Holmes. Elizabeth from, Holmes. Yeah. Not Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth. Ah, fuck. From, uh, The Hands May Tell yeah. and, uh, Mad Men and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I didn't like that movie, though. I thought it was garbage. It's a suit, isn't it? Something. Yeah, it's like a suit or something. Later, Stephen King's, um, Hard Case Crime. 
newest story that yeah, uh, yeah like that, that uh, is that a good book? Huh? It was a really good book that uh, Caleb has uh, here on the desk. That's gonna be in his suit to to read pile as well. Yeah, soon to read. Soon, very soon to very read. Very soon to read. Very soon to read. It's it it stays in that um pulpy kind of stuff, but also has the Stephen King kind of ghostly like possession, you know, thing, you know, that uh, to it. Uh, another very short, you know, quick quick read. Um, that's the uh, that's the only Stephen King book I read this year. Shame, shame. Well, I'm almost caught up, so I got and Sleeping Beauties. Oh, and Sleeping Beauties. Well, one one and a half books of <laughs> Stephen King. Okay. Well, because he co he co yeah. he co wrote it with that one, so. So he wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Coin Locker Babies. Right, right. By... I read that last year uh, by Ryu Murakami. Ryu Murakami. Very good. Uh, as I'm sure as you talked about last year, just a complete like... Fucked up. F- like fuck freak show of a story, <laughs> but you can't... You can't look away. You're drawn in. Like and, a train yeah, crash. But, like... but also like a beautiful train cra- crash, kind of yeah. like, you know, it's not all... It, I don't know. It's like a train that's craning off a cliff. You have you're like, ooh, it's yeah, airborne. it's nice. I uh, yeah, I, I I really liked it. Even uh, it was a bigger book. It was one of the bigger books that I read this year. Uh, but still, I feel like I got through it pretty quickly, and um, and the characters were and stuff were in it. Uh, very nice. I think I, actually after I get to read, I was like, I wish it was actually a couple pages longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just you're like it's one of those weird books. You're like, oh, I can't wait. This is over. I want it to keep going. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the Noel McDonald, uh, based on a true story, which I think we can talk about because I that's pretty much a work of fiction. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not a real uh, memoir. Well, like he not. says on all his uh, interviews when he was promoting it. Uh, not a memoir. He kept yeah, it. Not, not a, a memoir. memoir. Not a memoir. War of the Wards, another H.G. Wells classic. I like. I I like this one too. Um, again, it kind of got into the horror stuff whenever because like they were when it got into like the aliens, like because they, they would like trap people and were like doing things to them and stuff like that and to their butts. Yeah, I mean, probably he doesn't get that far, but you, you maybe yeah. implied a little bit to the butt. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I like the the like the discovery of like because you know with War of the Wards, those big three prong things are always you know yeah. front and center. But like they, there was also other kind of machines and like things that they use to you know the only thing though with H. G. Wells though, at least in what I read, you know they're all like first they're like first person like they somebody written them down so you know what's happening to this person they're gonna they're gonna make it through yeah but again as we talked about with stories that was just the writing style yeah that was just the writing style back back then but yeah just like the um the visual like storytelling just like the plight of man and just like you know um just a lot of kind of cool and interesting themes uh that i keep on finding as i've read more more of his work the elephant vanishes uh like i said um I definitely think we'd like this one better than yes. first person p- perspective. Singular. Singular, whatever. Same thing. Same yeah. Thing. Uh, and then uh, I just finished The Island of Dr. Moreau, which was also really good. Freaky as all hair, hell. Again, re- like leans into like a real, like this kind of like body horror, horror thing. Like, cause, um, you again, have to, you have to watch the Marlon Brando movie now. Oh my God. So I just, fucking weird. Because, like, you know, I always kind of thought like it was like, um, you know, cause like, again, you pick up kind of things from just popular culture and things like that. And so, like, I always thought, like, cause, you know, I had things with like mutating people and, the, yeah. It, and like, I always thought it was like he was turning like, 
people into like these animal things. Like, no, he's making these. He's making animals into, like, people things. into people things and teaching them language. That's and why stuff you need like to that. go back and now that you've read that and watch the old South Park episodes with Doctor Mephisto or oh, whatever yeah. his name was and that little weird thing he had because it's basically he, yeah. he's based on the Marlon Brando. Cause, well, they even have the episode of uh, the Nambla one, yeah, with the National Association of Marlon Brando <laughs> lookalikes. But yeah, um, this one I thought like again uh, I think you'd maybe like. If you were going to get into H.G. Wells, this maybe would be the one. After I got done reading these, you know, I went and looked up some reviews online and just stuff on H.G. Uh, Wells uh, in general, you know, just make sure, you know, because we talk about maybe sometimes you miss things as you're reading things and stuff like that. A lot of people put, like, um, uh, Island of Dr. Moreau as, like, the sleeper out of, like, the, you know, like, the big four of his stories that don't get yeah. enough attention um, as, as the other ones. I think like this, like this needs to like. I'm surprised that nobody's tried to do like a, a you know modern like remake or you know just like you know yeah. new, new new version of it. You know, because I could I could see that being like a Blumhouse. I'd imagine it's a public domain by now. You would th- well because there was th- there was that movie and I think there was another movie in like maybe like in the 90s. I think that was the Marlon Brando one. Well, then maybe because then was, there was one in like the seventies too that was like really that looked really weird. Yeah, Marlon Brando was doing like Godfrey. He wasn't gross yet. He wasn't mm-hmm. like morbidly obese and weird at that at that time. But as like as I was we were yeah I was saying earlier the the fine literature I uh I, I think the H G Wells I think he after reading like a good chunk of his stuff and like looking and checking out some other things about him like I think like. Because uh, like, he does have a very like way of like describing things and stuff like that, and, and I didn't know he was like an actual like scientist before he got I into didn't know like, that either. But into, it makes sense into, and he was definitely a futurist and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was just uh, I I definitely want to um read more of his uh some of his other like lesser known stories, but I'll probably those are probably gonna be in the back burner. Chad check some other stuff out, but like with the, his stories seeming to be on the small side, I can always. You know, squeeze them in as uh, palate cleansers here and there if you know if I really have to. Right. Uh, so is that if you're? Yeah, that was that was it. What do you um when? Well, fuck. We, this will be a longer one. What do you have planned for your 2022 read? Do you have anything on the uh, horizon there? Because I got I don't have a list written out, but I do have some things I know I'm gonna read. Um, I have baseball because you know I have a I have a stack of books literally that I look at most days. Yeah. So probably something in there, but like um the I've been one reading that uh you know do Andrew's dream of electric sheep. I've had that for a while. That's and, on my list this uh, this year too. And that's a small that's a smaller one. I finally got, you know, I finally got a, a cool copy of uh, I Am I Am Robot. I want to, uh, you know... Some... By the way, folks, it's not a cool copy. You just got a cover that's not the Will Smith cover. That's all it is. <laughs> it's not the book. is not any different. It, yeah, whatever. It's not... Uh, what, it, what, are you just worried you're going to think of Will Smith the whole time you're reading the book if he's, if he's on the cover? Well, no, it was just a shitty movie cover, <laughs> like... Uh-huh. But other like you know uh, I'm I'm you know and I'm sure I'm gonna read at least one or two Stephen King books. I want to read it. I want to read another Joe Hill book. I didn't read a just like an actual Joe Hill novel this year. So I want to you know I want to make sure I read at least you know one of his next year uh, that I haven't read already. But not really because I know that most because most of the things on this this was uh, hey Spencer read this so yeah <laughs> I kind of leave myself open. Well. So my 2022 goals are actually pretty lofty for the reading list. After I finish reading The Stranger, 
I had some books on my stand, just on my nightstand. One was the Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah. I started reading the first page, kind of zoned out, and was like, not in the mood for this just yet. Then I opened up that big girthy, uh, what is that called? Homeward something angel. That fucking, the book Ash sent me. The uh, Tom Wolf? Thomas Wolf book. Uh, Tom Wolf's a different author. Yeah. Thomas Wolf is the one you're thinking of. I did not know there was two because one's more modern. He wears fancy suits. Ooh. So Thomas Wolf, I started reading that. You the think first... they were related to Dick Wolf from Law and Order? I hope so. Dick Wolf's a very uh, productive guy. He's very uh, prolific in making TV shows. Makes good TV shows too. So I was reading. I started reading the first page of that, and then again, same thing. I was just like, not the time and place. Something else I need. Plus, well, if I read that, then I'm not gonna read anything for two months. Yeah, because that's a big. That's a big boy. Well. It's like 500 something pages, but it's the, the content that's big. So, I just went back to the Lord of Rings, started reading the Two Towers. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm still finishing uh, The Quick and the Dead by Martin O'Kine. It's a short story collection. I actually had to take a break because what did we read for the podcast recently? Nothing. I read that yeah. gutter in the. Yeah. I was just reading a bunch of other stuff. It was one of those ones I was just like read a story here and there and then, you know, read some novels. Well, that's a good thing with, like, a short story collection. You don't yeah. have to necessarily read them all. Ones know. that aren't, like, overall narrative. Like, haunted. Like, you couldn't... Re- if you just read one story and then took a break, you like, the, fuck up the flow of the novel. Other books on my list. We talked about reading uh, Benjamin Cross's Colony. Yes. Uh, March. March. Ooh, um, we wanted to read a Walter Mosley book in, yeah. in February. We haven't decided which one. I probably wouldn't... Uh, I should probably try to this year check out, like, an actual... Mirakami novel. That's a good choice. You know I, what I mean? I have some suggestions for you. I'm sure you do. We might have even talked about it on a Mirakami Minute. If not, it was after the show we did. So no, we definitely had that conversation. Uh, so I have those. So I got three Lord of the Rings books. So I got two that I, from the trillogy, and then the Silmarillion, whatever it's Smillion. called. Silmarillion. The, the fucking hard one to read. I'm going to read that. And then I have like a whole bunch of... Uh, like a whole Lord of the Rings collection of, uh, what do you call those? Um, can't think of the word. They go along with the book, but aren't actually by Tolkien. They're just, uh, they accompany the book if you want to read them. Uh, it just tells you about the world and stuff. So I'll probably read those on and off throughout the year, too. Then I want to read Nicholas Obergon's Unknown Mail, mm. the final book in the uh, Inspector Awada trilogy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I just I haven't got to it yet. That's all it is. And then, oh, you're going to fucking be so happy that you hear me say this. I want to finish Jerusalem by Alan Moore. I'm 200 mm. pages in, and it was really hard to get to the 200-page mark. And I want to finish the book. When was the, and when when did you get to the 200-page mark? I don't even remember. It's been a while. I read a lot of novels since then. And then, what, you still have like a thousand... Thousand, wor- thousand pages, at least. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, at least because it's a thousand something, right? Now I just have like It by Stephen King to read left yeah. like in, in That's it. that length. Actually, I think Stephen King might be around the same length. I'm not sure. But It's be a lot easier to read. Is it, Are you going to try to bully Ash into... Reading Jerusalem? Yeah, because was, no, wasn't you guys doing uh He's not going to do that. We're No, I, thanks for reminding me, though. We're going to do an IRC on uh, David Foster Wallace's Oblivion short story collection. I actually need to... We're probably going to start that soon. I'll have to get with Ash on that. Because uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I got the book. I just I forgot about it, actually. Uh, so I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to do some... Uh, I don't. I haven't picked what Stephen King book I'm going to read this year. And what I'm going to make you read, you know, for the old swap. 
I would like to do the game and swap this, so I'll definitely yeah. read Neverwhere, and you want to read the Graveyard Book. Or you can read American Gods if you want, but I would recommend reading both, I know Nazi about, Boys and American Gods. Well, I, I know I've always asked you, which one should I read first? American Gods. American uh, Gods first? Or Are you talking about American Gods and the Nazi Boys? Yeah. Nazi Boys is the sequel. Sequel? So you have okay. to read American Gods first, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was a sequel or if it was a prequel or like no, what that. Yes, okay. It's a sequel. And then I got a whole bunch of Yukio Mishima books and some Haruki Mirakami books that I haven't read yet. That's going to be on there. I'm sure we'll do another Mirakami minute, probably on that. What is that called? Something pinball and dance dance. It's like two books. It's the one that's weird. Like there's a book on each side. Mm. Like you flip it over. Like an old a... flip comic from the nineties. Yeah, actually, what I would like to do would be the uh, secret library for Mirakami Minute because we could do that in maybe one episode. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'll let you read that. That's that weird funky one I showed you that opens up and it's like, uh, it's. I don't even think that was considered a novella. It's probably a short story, honestly. So we could just make that a you know single episode, a one shot, but a special. Uh, before I ramble on about all the books, because there's a lot of books I'm going to read. And I'm sure, and then I'm also going to have a slew of comics that I've... Yeah, well, we know. Oh, yeah. oh the one thing I, I forgot to mention I that I did read uh, with the manga, I read the complete, be- from the beginning of Dragon Ball up to the latest uh, volume in America of Dragon Ball Super. How many volumes is that? Of Super or the whole Just the thing? whole thing that you read uh, this year. Well, I know the Dragon Ball, because I read them in the big three-in-one collections, and there was, so that has three volumes in so that. nine. So there was like 16 volumes of that, because I think there's like 38 altogether from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z. So essentially, if you counted those mangas you read, you fucking probably read close to 100 books this year. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, like I said, and then Super uh, came up to volume 14 I just finished. And then I read like the first like uh, five or six volumes of uh, Dr. Stone, which if anybody's li- uh, watched the anime, that's almost like the first season, like what they cover in the first season. Right. So, yeah, I'm happy I remind, uh, remembered that because that was something that I never thought that I would like. That was something that I always yeah, wanted to read, like, but I, like, I never thought that I was actually going to read them, but I did. Well, I'm thinking I'll probably end up tackling that whole Vagabonds because I'll have to go back because I read the first three. I'll have to go back and finish. They never finished it. So I think mm. it sucks. It's 12, I think, what, 12 volumes over there. I got all 12 of them, but it's like I'm going to read all of them and then it's not going to be finished. Like, that's going to suck. Did he die or something? I don't know. He just didn't do it. I, re- I mean, I read the Musashi novel by Edgy, whatever his name is, and so I, it's like I know the story that's because of what Vagabond's based on, so it's not like going to be a surprise. It just sucks that the manga version isn't going to be uh, finished. But before we end this, uh, because this is actually supposed to be a writing podcast, I have huge news in regards to what my 2022 goal is, but also not probably that exciting because it's not like a bunch of projects or anything. Uh, the first one, which is the most basic thing, is we're going to put out the short story collection. Yeah. I have to edit your one story, and then I just have to go through and, you know, fucking do all the formatting and shit and see what stays and what goes. And hopefully we won't have to add any other stories to that. And that'll be just learning how to put out actual collection, like, mm. you know, the printing and all that stuff. So uh, that'll be, you know, when I have time, because the first thing that's most important to me is my novel. Yeah. I don't know how many I'm handwriting it in a Moleskine, or not a Moleskine, no. Electron or whatever they're called, but pretty much a Moleskine, like, you know, a numbered notebook. I'm like 30 pages into that, which is only two chapters. So I don't know what that would translate into, you know, the computer. But I would imagine I'm at least, I would say at least 10,000 words into it probably. Uh, So, and I'm not at the part that really excites me. Once I get to the exciting part, I feel like I'm going to fly through this yeah. thing. 
uh, cause I'm just doing like the beginning intro, which is like, for me is going to be the hardest part to make exciting because I just don't really care about that. Cause I want to get some cool shit, but it's hard to just write out scenes when you're doing it by hand because mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it, you know, in order. That's the big news for my writing goals. Like I would like to get published in some magazines or something, but I haven't decided like that would just have to be in between other things. Like, Oh, I'm going to take a break from the novel and just write a short story to submit somewhere. But my main goal is the novel and then put out the short story collection. Uh, I'm hoping to have the first draft of the novel done by summertime. I think that gives me ample time to get that. And then I'll probably take a month off or so. I then go back to it to transcribe it to the computer and then really write. Uh, So hopefully by 2023, the novel will be completely finished. That's the goal. Pretty lofty because it's my first novel, but... Uh, it's something I'm excited about. So that's yeah. always that's good to have something that you're really excited about versus something you're just like, oh, oh I'll just do some writing. What about you, writing goals? Um, well, uh, obviously the collection, you know, you know, that's something also too that I'm looking forward to working, finish, but you know, finishing and trying to get out there into the, you know, into the world. Um, and then I think for me, I think uh, I mentioned before, but I think I am going to try to put out a collection of just my own mm. short stories or like long, almost kind of like a like a Stephen King's uh different seasons where there's only like four or five, five long longer stories. yeah longer stories unless if I happen to come up with something that I just catch fire or like you know what yeah. I mean you never you, you you never know um what the muse is gonna right. gonna hit on so uh because also too because I already have first drafts of like uh of like two or three other stories that I think would be good for a co- you know decent size that could you know that we ha- haven't used for anything else. Uh, so if I can only you know if I can do a couple more and then I can you know start going looking back at the older ones you know for second drafts mm-hmm. and polishing turds and you know <laughs> right. and, and and that kind of stuff. Cause I, I think I want to do the uh the short stories too to also try to um. Because I plan on trying to have different kind of stories, like you know what I mean. So to to be like, oh, I can also kind of do like this word kind of horror thing, but there's also like this other kind, like you know what I mean. Yeah, just to, to try to yeah, to just showcase try to, the skills a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit like you know, this is the kind yeah. of stuff that I you know that I, that I like that I that I want to write about, and hopefully in the future I get to write more about. Yeah, that's always the goal. For those listening who are wondering where this leave, you know, what room does this leave for the actual. DPW podcast and equally as important that we always ignore anymore is the site. Yes. Uh, Cause we haven't been putting a lot of work on the site really uh, other than like the Halloween submissions and stuff we had. Oh fuck. I got to put a Christmas submission. I completely forgot about I gotta do that by the weekend. I hope that girl's not disappointed. I don't know <laughs> if she listens or not. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll try to do that. Maybe I'll put it out Friday. Cause I don't want to put it out on Christmas. That'd be fucked up. Yeah. Nobody's going to read it. Yeah. It's only two. I keep thinking it's Thursday. It's only Tuesday. I'm panicking mm-hmm. for no reason, but for the, the goals for the site, like I said, we got the collection coming out, which is where our main focus was this year, was just writing stories and finishing up that, which we definitely drag, you know, drug our feet a lot mm. with that and stuff. And this is just kind of a shitty year, to be honest. But Like, like the past shitty year before and then yeah. probably the, the, the shitty year coming up. Yeah, it's just all it's shit all around. But uh, as far as the site, it's, it's just going to be kind of, we, we're just mainly using it just to post whenever. It's not like it's a, like a fucking big time magazine that we're focused on. Maybe I'll do like a spring submissions or something. I've done that in the past. We've got, you know, hit or miss with those. So I don't know. I haven't decided. Just 
Well, like, one thing I was thinking about maybe doing since, um, you know, I was, uh, maybe if I, once I get a couple more, like, uh, H.E. Wills book, uh, books under my belt, I was thinking about maybe doing, like, uh, you know, things that I like about the author and, you know, about yeah. H.E. Wills, like, like, that kind of stuff is, like, the stuff that I could probably, that are probably gonna be on the site. Yeah. In, in, in the future, you know, like, those kind of things. Yeah, and like every time I do post a story, I always get good feedback on it. And people seem to enjoy reading them. So I just, the consistency thing, it's just like, we, it's not like when we first started this, where that was just our goal was just to kind of build up the site and just work on our writing. It's like, well, now we're kind of beyond that, where we want to actually, you know, I want to put out a novel. You're working on a short story collection at the DPW short story collection. So kind of more important things, really. But at the same time, it's like, it's not, kind of coincides with the downfall of fucking like the writing community on Twitter. It's like, people just aren't reading stuff on there anyway. So. I don't, because that's where our main following came from originally, and it's like nobody really cares on there. Uh, we have the WordPress followers, which is a good bit, um, and they just they'll they'll read it regardless. They just read when it pops up, so I'm not worried about that. And that's the, that, and honestly, that, that do we know if they're actually reading it or are they just clicking on the thing? I don't know because it's like it's usually the same amount of people who like the stuff we post. Like they always like it, so I would imagine like why would they uh, for years just keep liking stuff that they're not reading? That seems kind of stupid. Now, as far as the podcast, I said I had big news, and but I am kind of indecisive here. What? No way, us? Oh, oh. No. Well, well, first thing, I I got a Christmas bonus at work coming up, so I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how much that is. Shut up, Spencer. And I was because I almost bought it already just to be a fuck. But I'm looking at a Rodecaster mixer because I started watching some videos on it and stuff. It's not just like a mixer like this thing. Like this thing's a pretty nice mixer, but one, it's way nicer and just easier to handle. You but you actually record into it. Like you can still record on the computer if you want. But all the edits that I do on here and get rid of, like, all the fucking shit and still struggle with, like, there's some functions on that, because we use Audacity, that, like, the like I told you when we got the new mics and stuff, I got new cords, so that hopefully that helps, but there were some sharp S's in some of the episodes that's, like, that's, that's called DSing. You have to have a DSer. You can get a plug-in for Audacity, but it doesn't have it featured on the program, so it's, like, I have to manually, like, fix those clips, and it's a pain in the ass. You can just do all, you just have the DSer on the mixer, and uh, I have a selfish reason why I buy this. You don't have to chip in on this one because this thing's fucking like six hundred bucks. It's because I'm thinking of starting, which I touched upon with you before off air, and I talked to with Ash a little bit. Is I want to start my own podcast that would be like scripted. Mm. Like um, I haven't decided what it would be, but uh, like either you'd be telling you know maybe some fucked up stories or histories or i talked to you before about like doing like a mythical lands and i would yeah. cover like the middle earth and hyperbian it just depends like what i could find that i think would be something that i could be consistent with and i would do it in season format so there only be a certain amount of episodes i would release so i'd probably record them and edit them all before i release them you yeah. know see how it goes that would be one reason for getting the expensive stupid mixer uh two it would be what would be the future of this actual podcast cuz we are coming up on the 100th episode we were talking about doing, uh, um, you know, changing the music for the 100 episode, having new intro music and stuff. I've been really thinking about, like, what, because for, for a while now, we just kind of been willy-nilly with what we're doing. Like, we just cover stuff and kind of bullshit. But I think a more direct approach to, like, what, you know, our content would probably be better. Because I was looking, you know, like, how we, I don't even remember what episode this was, uh. I want to say five episodes ago or something. We were talking about like Bill Maher and like, you know, we brought him up in the intro and mm -hmm. how it went with Tolkien and uh, escapism and stuff. Do you know the the first time we talked about Bill Maher? Because remember I said, oh, in that episode, I was like, oh, we had an episode on Bill Maher and how much yeah. success. Do you know what episode that was? 
I look back, episode six. Yeah. Uh-huh. That far. That, it does not seem like it was that long ago. And I was listening to like just the parts of a, the original first like couple episodes. Oh, man. And not only were they so shitty, like it, it was just so weird going back and then like hitting like certain topics and stuff that we were talking about and then how our opinions have, you know, changed over the years and stuff. And I'm just thinking it would be really cool to keep this podcast going instead. Because I was thinking, like, the li- the listener is it fluctuates, like, the downloads and stuff. And is it worth, you know, constantly spending, you know, the yearly money on the yeah. podcast? Uh, what is it? On Podbean we have as our host. So it's like we're pay- spending the host money. And it's not like we make money off the podcast. Mm. We made 30 cents, I think, <laughs> off because we had one sponsor one time. And I don't even remember. It was some other podcast, too, that was a sponsor. But I was thinking, like, do we just cancel it and come up with like, cause we've talked about in the past too, also doing another podcast and then, uh, but you know, there's only so much time. So would we just get rid of this one and just start something else? I like this podcast. Yeah. I'd like to keep this podcast going. It was the original and we already have the equipment and stuff. So maybe just find, you know, maybe just more professional, honestly. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll figure that out. But I was also thinking well, if I get that cool mixer. Well, I tell you this, some of your like favorite podcasts that you listen to, how professional are they? Exactly. But, but your mixer. So if I get the mixer though, well, why just stop with my own personal podcast and the DPW podcast? I mean, you could do our dream bullshit podcast yeah. we always talked about. Because uh, it'd be easier to... Wouldn't have to have really editing as much, and especially with the, the mixer. And the main thing about it is um, it wouldn't have to be a weekly podcast. No. We just do a monthly want, podcast yeah, or something. We to. And we could use the free version of Podbean if it's just that. Like, if it was just like a monthly... Because the main thing is, like, they have a limit. Of how much you can fucking upload at a time or something. It's like pretty piddly. Uh, but if we, you know, that's if you're doing a weekly podcast like we do now. So if we just had one where we just had the podcast and we were only doing like, you know, one or two uploads a month, then we can, we can get away with that. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. We could even do our original Ion Comics podcast. <laughs> Actually, that was a website uh, that, we, that we tried to start on Squarespace and we did not know how to do it. <laughs> It was weird. It was so much easier for me to figure out WordPress with coding and everything than it was the fucking drag and click <laughs> shit on Squarespace. I don't know what it was. Well, they, that's why they fucking didn't want us to be. A, they didn't want to be a sponsor. <laughs> but do you have any ideas on the future here of the podcasting network? Um, Our brand. I also I, was thinking about getting a new logo, but I've talked about that in yeah. the past too. Um, I I think um going forward for like for this podcast, and we've talked about it before. Is maybe trying to guest. go, yeah, the guest route, which I think would help, um, and be ju- and just be fun. The the couple of people that we have talked to, well, we were liked it, yeah. They they they've been awesome people. Um, the main problem with the guest before was one the equipment to the space we had, yeah. and then we you know and now we got the studio. So like we had Benjamin Cross, I think he was the only like non regular guest because we have like Ashley and then the other British Ashley. Mm-hmm. He's been on a couple times and stuff. But I think that was the only author guest that we had on here that we didn't talk to previously. But even so, like, we still had the old shitty microphones on that one and stuff. But now, like, we pretty much got everything. If I get that new mixer, it would be a lot easier to do that because I wouldn't just have to hook, um, like, how I do it now. Like, I can hook one computer and do all this shit. I wouldn't need this laptop anymore to record on. So we could use this to, to have the guest on, mm. like, the Zoom guest. So we could hook it up and also... What's really cool about that thing, we could set the fucking intro music and outro music on it. You just press a button and just fade it. Uh, so I will not have to do anything like, po- it was just so much easier. Uh, just 
Because that's the main thing, too, is, like, I start to kind of, like, just get down. Like, I don't want to put that much effort into the podcast because, like, you know, you do something so long, it becomes work. So just all the editing and stuff every week I do well, for this, it's just like it that, drags you down. And that could be time spent on the no, on the novel, yeah. or or even just doing a better episode, yeah, for the podcast. Like the because if I'm editing and doing all this shit, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's time to edit the fucking podcast. And two hours later, like, like it just it just takes so long that you just I get sick of hearing our voices. Honestly, I just get tired of listening to it because I don't like, imagine you. if we recorded the podcast and then a couple of days later you had to listen to the whole podcast again. Like it's it's it gets fucking daunting. It's like oh my god, I sound so stupid. So I deal with that. Uh, but with the mixer, I won't have to deal with that anymore. I I I would have to cut out you know just the random you know like pause, being, pauses or yeah know. shit like that. I could do that in post production and maybe just a couple quick edits if necessary. Uh, if I wanted to add music or anything that wasn't already on the mixer. But as far as like all the levels and stuff, because like how we're recording now, I have to go back and edit. It's like a solid 10, 20 minutes of different sound edits just to get us to the same levels per episode. Because every episode, you know, you want it to sound the same. Uh, so it's 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 a project, but I have hope that we will have a better 2022. Um, but still, most important thing to me is the novel. Because I want to get some fucking work out there finally that's like major work, you know? And I'm just interested to see how I, you know, turn out as a novelist. Yeah. First novel, I don't have high hopes of being like, you know, some great novel because usually people write their first novel, they're very excited about it, but it's not, you know, you got it. It's like fucking tearing a band aid off. Mm. You kind of just got to get it out the way, then the wound heals, and then it's just like, okay, maybe I'll do something better next time. One th- good thing that makes me happy is I already, ha- I've, I've for a while now had ideas for other novels too that are pretty fleshed out. So it's not like if once I finish this one, I'm going to be writer's block, block hell. Mm. I could go right to the next project. So that's kind of where my mind space is. I know Ashley's doing all kinds of writing, but he's all over the fucking place. Novels and short story collections. And that guy, I don't know how he finds the energy to do all that shit. We'll end on New Year's resolutions, which is kind of what I was talking about. But my New Year's resolution is to at least try to start write. Not No, you know, not try, not start. I'm going to write at least five out of seven days a week. That's my New Year's resolution. Do you have a word counting just or just days? Doesn't matter. Just writing five out of seven days, minimum. If I get seven out of seven, that'd be great. But there's really no reason other than like random holidays and obligations and you know that come up that I just I can't find time to at least write a paragraph. Yeah. I can all, that's one thing I always say to people. If you got a phone, even you can write a paragraph. You can write notes because not writing is not just sitting down and actually writing prose. Like it's you know note taking, coming up with ideas. My fucking note uh, feature on my phone is full of quotes. And paragraphs of just different scenes that come up to me that it's going to be in the future part of the book. So I'm just like, oh, I don't want to forget that. So I just write it all. That's writing too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it all goes into it. Even if it's stuff you don't use, it's write every day. I think that's the most important thing. And me and you have a fucking say, oh, yeah, we need to do that. And we always say yeah, it. And yeah, then we, we just never do it. Get excited about it. Maybe do it for like a week and then fucking, you know. Life happens and we don't. Yeah. So we need to not let life happen. So what about you? What's your resolution? I mean, I in fear of copying you, I think that that the five out of seven days of writing, like I think that's a good, solid, not like a ridiculous. Like if you, you know, don't obsess obsess about the word count. Yeah. it's doable. It's it's when you're like, I'm gonna write five out of seven days, but it's gonna be a thousand words a day, two thousand mm-hmm. words. A, that's when you fuck up. Because then if you don't hit that, you get depressed, you know. And it's like you know when people go to the gym at the beginning of the year, and yeah. it's like I'm gonna go to the gym. Seven days a week, like no, go like two or three and build two, up to it. Yeah, like don't burn yourself out and get hurt. 
we'll have to come up with some kind of system to keep each other in check that we are writing every day. Even if it's just a simple text. You write today? Mm. Nope. Fucking right. Shame. Right. So, you know, how long were you on the toilet today? Six hours. That seems excessive. <laughs> Did you do any writing? No. Well, are you on the toilet now? Yes, of course. <laughs> Hour seven. Well, let's do some writing. Okay. Like, you know, you can do that. Yeah. So we're, that's that's where we are. We'll, we'll start that, uh, honestly, let's just start that right now or yeah. tomorrow. But we'll, well, what about your, uh, what's your reading goal? Is you going to try to shoot for 40 again? I'll say this, probably 50 this year. 50? Yeah, I'll go for 50. Does Jerusalem count as 30 bucks? <laughs> I may give you two. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you you read a page of it. You saw it. I looked at a page. You didn't read it. <laughs> exactly. So that's all old and new business. Anything else? I don't believe so. It's going to be a fun episode for me to edit. I'll be sitting through getting angry. I will end on this because I keep ending on things like I always <laughs> do. Uh, which is another thing. I sh- that should be another resolution. Is to stop saying I'm gonna end on this because I never do end on anything. <laughs> I don't know why that episode we did. Uh, uh, not last week, the week before we did an episode about fuck was that episode? Oh, shit. I'm just gonna look. I'm getting like you know. I'm just like always forgetting what episodes we recorded. Uh, well, we did the the fifty stories under. That uh, was last week. Yeah, we did the indie publishing versus traditional publishing episode that I thought went so well. I was like, what a great conversation! Oh, yes. I was all jazzed about it. When I edited, it, I'm not joking. I think that was one of the worst episodes we ever did. I hated it. You were I almost me, didn't you, post it. You you were telling me about it. I was almost going to just put out a thing, no episode this week. Like, I was fucking pissed that we just sucked that bad. And it really fucking took a hit on my self-esteem. I was like, what the fuck? How? How is that so garbage? And then last week, like I said, I was so excited about that episode. It sucked ass. Last week, we did uh, 50 of the best books under 200 pages. I thought that episode went horrible yeah. when we recorded that i was like holy fuck i'm gonna edit for six hours this is terrible we sound so stupid i messed up every pronunciation you could think of fucking worst thing we've ever recorded i fucking loved it when i was listening <laughs> to it, i kept i was laughing my balls off i thought like it, i don't know i don't know why that happens it's like the, every time we seem to do an episode that i think is terrible it always comes out great and then when we do an episode i think is wonderful it fucking sucks well how do you like do we have any numbers on the publishing one? Like, did people, like, download that one? Or were they just like, oh, this is... Well, that's the problem is they probably downloaded it, but then once they started listening to it, they probably stopped. Because it doesn't tell you if they listened to the whole thing. True, true. I guess I could look to the next week's episode and see if there's a huge drop-off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't all be winners, but it just sucks when you think something's... Good. That, that That's my biggest fear is, like, I read a novel and I think it's really, really good. I've done that with short stories. I was like, this is the one! People are going to love this! Nothing. Crickets. And then I fucking shit out a stupid story that I hate. And I'm like, I don't like this at all. I'm not even going to post it. You know, I'm not posting that spike. Just everybody tell me how much I suck. And then I can pity, you know, wallow in self-pity in the tub. And then everybody loves it. I'm like, what the fuck? You people are stupid. You don't know anything. You oh, don't man. know that sucks. Makes no sense. No sense. My name is Spencer Church. I'm going to write a shitty article about <laughs> fucking superheroes. And I hate it. And I'm going to turn it in at the last second. And then Caleb's going to edit it and also hate it. And then it's going to get 800 million views. Oh. So, folks, we thank you. And uh, DPW wishes you a happy new year. So, thank you for listening. You can check out our work at drunkenpenwriting.com. You can go on Twitter and follow us at drunkenpenwriting. Instagram, Facebook, the name? Spencer? Not drunken paying attention. Drunkenpenwriting? At drunkenpenwriting. Drunken at drunkenpenwriting. Drunken Gotta have it. And then you can get Spencer's OnlyFans at? The, you don't remember the name. The Quebec Quarantine. Quarantine. 
Quipper? Yeah, the Quebecian quarantine quipper. Quipping in quarantine. I don't know if quipping's a verb. Like you can you can do quip. Like quip. Made a quip. You're quipping. Quip. 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 I'm stuck in a loop. Quip. 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 Uh, so again, happy New Year. We hope it's just as fruitful for you as we want it to be for us. actually had a great idea just now we're gonna get to a certain book i'm gonna edit this part out when we get to a certain book spencer you know what book it is i'm i need you to be completely quiet when i bring it up because i'm gonna add very dramatic music in the afterbirth Uh. not afterbirth (laughs) the post-production afterbirth works for the book um so yeah stick around for that